This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. The cloud or the crowd? Who are you following? We're continuing our series on the Christ-centered life. And uh, two weeks ago, I sort of set the stage to, to uh, define or describe the Christ-centered life for us. And it can be summed up in this next diagram. Okay, so you see the diagram, circle, circle. Okay, so the kingdom of darkness is outside the circle. When you turn to Jesus, you give your life to him, then you move into the circle. You move into the kingdom of light. And that's beautiful, but you want to be at the center. You see the center spot there? That is living a Christ-centered life. So there's a place, a position in the spirit where you want to dwell. A lot of Christians are on the fringes. You've prayed the prayer, you've committed your life to Jesus, But you're not necessarily at the center. You're not living in the very presence of God. When you're at the center, that's when there's like an open heavens over you. Open heavens. That's where there's freedom. That's where you feel the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. You want to be at the center. And I want to help us to move to that centered spot. Now, there are are things that keep us out of that centered spot. And there's like an elastic that pulls us. Pulls us away. Maybe you for a moment get to the center and then it pulls you out. Or maybe you want to move towards that Christ-centered spot, but it pushes you away. It's like a, a wall that keeps you from entering the presence of God. Okay, And that can be the fear of man. Anxiety, the fear of man, the fear of failure. Fear in general can be like a wall that's keeping us from entering the presence of God. It can also be like a lid. So imagine you're walking out the building and it's raining everywhere, but you have a canopy over your head. That's a lid, like a lid. Again, that can be fear. And so, you, so, so, so it's raining. The rain of heaven is coming down beautifully. It's like sustaining and restoring and renewing everybody around you. But you are like, I'm not feeling it. I'm struggling here. It can be a lid over your life. And this is what the enemy tries to do continuously. He tries to put a block in our way so we cannot enter the presence of God. Or it puts a lid over our lives to keep us from dwelling in the tangible presence of God. So this morning, I want to we break that lid off your life. We're trusting for some things just to be removed that might be inhibiting us. And the fear of man. Oh. That is such a challenge. It, it all comes down to this question. Are you a, a crowd follower or a cloud follower? Cloud meaning the presence of God. Cloud meaning Christ compared to people. The focus will determine where you find yourself. And so over the years, I've really struggled with this fear of man thing. Uh, I think it's the nature of church. Or maybe any institution or any organization is like, you need people to do some things for this thing to grow, for the mission to be built out, for the kingdom of God to come. And then there's this trap 
that you become people-focused, which almost sounds wrong. You should be people-focused, but you shouldn't. I'll explain it now. But so you can, you, you can come under that thing where the opinions of man define you, and you become afraid. And I think of the, of the, of the days in the past that I would, you know, it's, it starts, it becomes tormenting. These cycles, processes of thought where you become afraid of someone, say, leaving the church, you know, and like, you know, it, it affects you. Or you, or, or, or just the, the, the trying to continuously keep people happy. And the result is you come under that spirit of the, of the fear of man or people pleasing, and then you find yourselves under that lid. And you can't connect with God. It's a terrible place to be. And you might be experiencing that in your work environment. Maybe there's some difficult people there or uh, relationships. But the moment you become a people pleaser, you come under that lid that blocks you in your relationship with God. And I praise God for what he's done in my life. I've never been as free as I am now. Not perfect. But so, so free because of what God has done. And I think of those moments where I might have been struggling in my thought processes and, 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 and be feeling tormented and then at some point coming into the presence of God and then suddenly like, you can breathe when you step into his presence, like he breaks that off your life. The fear of what people think, the fear of uh, living for the opinions of man. There's so many people that are under that thing. And I'm trusting this morning that the Lord's going to break that off us in Jesus' name. I'm going to give us some four keys of how to, how to be cloud-centered and how to break free from the fear of man. And so for me, it's like becoming more like in this season of my life, it's becoming more like a, uh, instead of following the crowd, it's for me like, hey, I'm following the cloud. Are you coming? Hey, come. Let's go. <laughs> Let's follow the cloud. Come. You know, and then sometimes I have to obviously up a little bit and say, hey, you're going to love it. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> but I cannot follow the crowd. I need to follow the cloud. And there are so many churches that are crowd seeking. And then God is not really welcome in the house. But we need to be cloud seeking. You actually need to turn your back on the opinions of people and (laughs) turn your back on the crowd and then follow the cloud, the presence of the Lord. And you need to do that in every aspect of your life or you will be in trouble. It almost sounds counterintuitive. Shouldn't we be focusing on people? No, (laughs) it's first the cloud, and then from that place, we can help people. So who are you following? Who are you following? Are you cloud-focused or are you crowd-focused? Because if you're crowd-focused, you start to live like the crowd as well. And it kills your joy. It kills your confidence. You lack boldness. And so for many, if you go back to the, the, the diagram again, those who are cloud, crowd focused, they're living on the fringe. They, they're in the kingdom. They've prayed the prayer. Jesus, I give my life to you, but they're not at the center. And I, I believe we should be, God has called us to be a cloud centered church, presence centered church, Jesus focused church. And there's a massive difference between the two. Okay. So I'm, I'm inviting you in. 
Join me. Let's follow the cloud. Let's pursue the presence of God. Let's move into his presence because that is where you are set free. That is where you can experience the fullness of God. When we are cloud-centered, we will be bold God-pleasers and standing strong in the pressures of life. When you're cloud-centered, you will be bold, you'll be a God-pleaser, and you will be standing strong in the pressures of life. If you're a crowd-seeker, crowd-follower, you're going to be intimidated. You will find yourself being a people-pleaser, and you will buckle under the pressures of life. It will kill you. It will kill you. Because you're coming under the lid. You're disconnecting from God. So you want to be a, a crowd. You don't want to be a crowd-centered. Christ-centered people are cloud pursuers. We pursue the presence of God. Crowd-centered people are people-pleasers. And you don't want to do, you don't want to be there. You want to step into the presence of God. Amen. Okay, so we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to unpack that. And we're going to look at how you can break free from the fear of man and step into the presence of God. So let me pray for us. And we're going to dive in. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you are good. Thank you, Lord God, that you are your presence You are here to come and set us free. Thank you, Lord, that this is a freedom morning. In the presence of God, there's freedom, there's liberty. And so we pray, Lord, that as your word is released, that freedom will come to our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right. So let's go to Joshua 1, verse 1. We're going to unpack some of those verses and give you four keys of how to be cloud-centered. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So Moses is dead, the man of God that, I mean, everybody knew God was with Moses. So here in this scenario, it's like 40 years they would have been in the desert and there have been a lot of failures and a lot of challenges. A whole generation has died out and now the cloud is moving. And so the cloud is moving into an environment where if I was Joshua, I would like say, whoa, 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 God, I don't think that's a good place to go. The cl- cloud, no. That's like fortified cities, armies, that's just uncomfortable. God, can we, can we try somewhere else where there's not so much opposition? And yet the cloud, God spoke. And so Joshua heard the voice of God prophetically. He heard. He heard. He heard the voice of God. He wasn't just reading scripture because he only had like the first five books of the new, of the Old Testament at that time. The book of Joshua wasn't written yet. And yet God spoke prophetically to Joshua and he like, okay, the cloud is moving. Into the promised land. And now Joshua was challenged to get up and follow. To follow the cloud. And the challenge is that when sometimes, when the cloud moves, it moves us into challenging situations. Precious situations. And so a few times in my life I have experienced this. Well, I'm hearing prophetically from the Lord and I'm like, God, you are freaking me out. So in 2014, we were flying back from a missions trip in India. And on the aeroplane back, I heard 
Clearly, the Holy Spirit said to me, next year, go to Argentina. I'm like, go to Argentina. I have no connections. I know nobody there. Anyway, I miraculously connected with a church there via online things. And we take a team to Buenos Aires. We have an incredible week. So many miracles. God was moving. It was wonderful. Then after that, uh, some of the leadership felt that we need to go to Brazil. So then we felt like Rio de Janeiro. And then I contacted the pastor in Buenos Aires. I said, hey, do you have connections in Rio? He says, no, he doesn't. And then later on, he said, no, he actually does. He has a friend that comes from a church in Rio. So they send a message to this church. And then I have a Zoom call, video call with the, the leader of this church group, Apostle Ari. So I'm on this video call with the apostle, some of his other pastors and translators. And they are like, who are you? Why do you want to come? And why should we trust you? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Just following the cloud. (laughs) Just following the cloud. And then so I shared some of the stories of what has been happening in Buenos Aires and how God worked. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. We want that. And then this is the beautiful thing. This friend of the pastor that comes from that church, he's a famous South American gospel artist, like V. When he has a, he draws tens of thousands of people. He comes from that church. He lives in Argentina. And then they told, I don't know what was going on in the video call because they're talking about this Marcus guy. I don't know who's Marcus. I don't know who's Marcus guy. And then he says, because we trust Marcus and he says, you okay, you can come. I'm like, yes, I don't know who Marcus is, but beautiful. Let's do this. And Marcus is this gospel artist guy that's the friend of the senior, of the pastor of, from Buenos Aires. So anyway, so we take a team to Rio de Janeiro and a massive step of faith. I mean, at that stage, I didn't, I was still trying to like find my, you know, my mojo. I was still <laughs> trying to figure out, do I have anything to offer a church internationally? And then like do, you know, a whole week of revival meetings. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just following the cloud. And then God moves incredibly. I mean, we had like over 200 people physically healed with people being set free, cancers disappearing of people's bodies being medically tested and confirmed. It was just an incredible week. I was changed. I was, I was, I felt out of my depth. But as I faced my fears, as I followed the cloud and I faced my fears, I started to break through. And so on the last night, uh, we were outside of Rio de Janeiro and there was a, we were having a, like a crusade in a tent, tent meeting. Hallelujah. And uh, it was a wonderful evening. Anyway, so after everything, we drove back to Rio. So it's me, my wife, the apostle Ari's son, who's a worship leader, and another girl. And we're driving back to Rio. And it's like one o'clock at night. And I'm, I'm, I'm listening to worship music. And we're tired, whole week of meetings. And then I just like, I, I, I had my bag with my tablet in. And I'm like, remember, six months ago, this is December 2015, six months ago in Argentina in Buenos Aires, my bag got stolen with my passport in. That was a crisis. So now I'm remembering that six months later, and I'm like, okay, in the car, hold my bag a little bit tighter. So I was focused. We're going home tomorrow. Don't lose the bag. Hold on to your bag. That's not going to happen again. Let's focus. 
So we stop in Rio, one o'clock the night. We get out of the car and they give us our bags and things. We're hugging the, this worship leader friend of ours. And in the corner of my eye, I see a car stop. And then the next moment, there's a gun against my head. I'm like, no. There goes the bag, tablet, phone, everything. The car, stolen. Four of us standing, one o'clock in Rio. Awkward. Very awkward moment. Like, what was that? And I realized now, looking back, because I had words in that week. We were times of prayer. And in those times of prayer, the Lord spoke to my heart. I saw a vision of big doors opening up. And the Lord said to me, I'm opening up big doors to you in Brazil for ministry. So that was the word I received earlier the week. And we have an amazing time. And then this. And I realized this is the enemy trying to intimidate me. This is the enemy that's saying, shut up. Stop it. Back down. Stop following the cloud. Who do you think you are? And yeah, it's not fun. Gun against your face and like, whoa, you know, so you wobble a little bit. But I realized it was the enemy that wanted to shut us down. And so that's what happens. When you follow the cloud, there will be pressure moments. There will be times where this spirit of fear is going to come and say, who do you think you are? Shut up. Stop it. Sit down. And... uh and so that next morning, just before we flew out from Rio, uh, I, I was put on a video call with the, a pastor in Manaus in Brazil. And it's a church of 6,000 people. And that door opened. So six months later, we were ministering at a church of 6,000 people. I was like, this is God. It's miraculous. And we had an incredible move of God. At the end of that week, 400 plus people physically healed. Uh, people being delivered. Revivals starting to break out from that church in other churches as the pastors were what they've received in those meetings. They, they were releasing it in other service. I was just, wow, God, little old me, what the heck? Just following the cloud. And the end of those week of meetings, the Apostle Ari, they were blown away with what God was doing. And then he said, the next church we should go to is a church of 70,000 people. I'm like, Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so we haven't done that yet. We're going to want to go back. But, I mean, just incredible things happen when you follow the cloud. From India to Argentina to Rio to... And I realize, I feel that this is what God is saying at this time. is a time of adventure. Follow the cloud. Step out. Face your fears. On the other side of your fears, there is great freedom. Great freedom. But you need to listen. What, God, what are you saying? It might be something small. Pray for somebody in church when they respond on the altar call. That's your next step. Or become a, a life group facilitator or join the worship team or step out and just follow what your next step is. And you will see on the other side of that, you find freedom. It's beautiful. So what are you? What are I? What, what are we going to be? Crowd centered or are we going to be? Cloud, follow the cloud. And so when I was in, Ivory, in the Ivory Coast, the Lord rebuked me because as the crowd was growing, I was like a little bit intimidated, didn't have a team, didn't know how to pray for everybody, myself. And the Lord just said to me that, you know, if you get intimidated with the size of the crowd, that means you're trusting in yourself. Because you say, hey, I can handle a hundred or a thousand, but I can't do 10,000. You see, the Lord scales up his power according to the, in, to, to the context. There is 
No limit to the power and the glory and the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. And so in the last 10 years, I am not the same person as 2012, 2013. I have changed because I've been following the cloud. I've been facing my fears. And on the other side, I've been set free. And I'm like, yeah, let's do the 70,000. I'm not intimidated because God is able to do it. Amen. And he shows up. He's faithful. He is faithful. Every time we step out, every time we, we move as the Holy Spirit leads, God shows up. So I'm really excited. Two weeks from now, three weeks from now, we're going to be in, in Wellington and we're going to do a, a reviving, revive weekend there with a bunch of our churches, shofar churches there. I'm so psyched to see what God is going to do. It's going to be beautiful. Okay, but to, to follow the cloud, key number one, face your fear and follow. Face your fear, look it in the eyes and say, get out of my way. I'm coming through. You see, fear is a liar. Fear is not reality. It's not truth. It's a lying thing that's trying to keep you, to keep you back. Oh, I can't pray for people. I can't speak in front of people. I can't do that. Oh, what if, and the fears put us in a little corner, unable to, to walk in all that God has for us. So face your fear and follow. And I can imagine with Joshua, after 40 years, a lot of failures, a lot of challenges, 2 million people that he now needs to lead into the promised land to follow the cloud. I can imagine there was a lot of fear, a lot of intimidation that he was experiencing. You can see it because God was saying, be strong and courageous. Only be strong and courageous. Hey, I'm with you. The Lord was encouraging him. Say, hey, I'm with you. You can do this with my help. And so... You and I need to refuse to live under that lid. Come on, say it. I refuse to live under fear. Refuse it. Refuse it. Refuse to live under fear. Fear is a liar. And so what will happen is that when you follow the cloud, as I've said, it might move you into precious situations. There might be challenges. There might be opposition. On the other side, there's more freedom. So don't be surprised if there are some, some pressure situations. But so back to the diagram. The diagram there at the center. You see that, that, that's where you want to be at the center. Now what happens is when pressure comes, how do we handle pressure? How do you handle pressure? How do you respond to pressure in your life? Uh, the, the crowd followers, the, the, those who are not cloud followers, who haven't developed that lifestyle of following the cloud, following the presence of God, they tend to live like the crowd. Those are those on the fringes, those on the fringes. So when pressure comes, they turn to alcohol or to other things that are not good for them. Maybe some run to their hobbies. Pressure, they run away. Pressure, they freak out. Pressure, use more pulls. Pressure, just trying, living, living like the rest of the world. And this is unfortunately what happens. I, I, I mean, our world right now, there are so many people on so many different kinds of tablets just to cope. 
And no condemnation if you're using antidepressants or sleeping tablets or anti-anxiety tablets or whatever else. I mean, you have to do what you have to do in the moment to cope. But that is not what God has called us to. It's not what God, that, that's not what is, is, is destined for us, where it's destined for us to live. I believe that if we would learn how to hand pressure better, we will probably never need the tablets. The fear comes, the anxiety comes, the pressure comes, but you respond by turning to Jesus. You respond by taking that pressure and allowing it to catapult you into the presence of God. Because that pressure is your friend. This is key number two. If you want to live free from the fear of man, if you want to be cloud-centered, you need to embrace pressure as your friend. Come on, say it. Pressure is my friend. It is. But it's when the pressure comes, how do you respond? You freak out, act like an idiot, or you turn to Jesus. What would that look like? It would be like, I'm freaking out. I'm not, I'm anxious. I'm not handling the pressure at work and finances and relationships. I'm wanting to blow my lid off. What do you do? You go into your inner room, you close your door and you worship Jesus or you pray and say, God, here I am. And I'm, I'm wanting to blow you. I'm freaking out, God, but I'm turning to you. Or it might look like you go for a walk, you walk around the block and you go talk to God. You say, Lord, I bring before you all these things, all these pressures, God, and I give it to you. I believe you are my source. I believe you are my the one that sustains me. God, I bring before you my relational struggles. God, I bring before you my, my business things. God, I bring before you all these things because I'm, I'm feeling not lacquer. Pressure. How do you respond when the pressure is on you, that is defining. Living like the crowd or going to follow the cloud. Because if you handle the pressure right, it will catapult you into the presence of God. I have found that most of my, the biggest breakthroughs I receive is when the pressure is on. You get into the, the furnace and you turn to Jesus. Hey, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three friends of Daniel, they stood. They said they're not going to buckle under the pressure of Nebuchadnezzar. They said, if you don't bow before the idol, I'm going to throw you into the fire. And they're like, fine, throw us into the fire. Pressure. What happened? The fourth man in the fire. Jesus, in the Old Testament, appears. God shows up in the fire. A nation, an empire is impacted because three guys said, we're not going to bow before the fear of man. They were thrown into the furnace. God showed up. That's the way. That's the way when the pressure is on, turn to Jesus. When the pressure is on, go and pray. When the pressure is on, go for that walk and talk to the Lord. But how do we live? We just keep ourselves busy, don't we? Another something, we don't want to get quiet. I don't want to sit still because then we have to evaluate what mess is on the inside. We're afraid. We're afraid. No, you have to stop. You have to quiet things down. Turn your phone off. And say, okay, God, here I am. Here's this mess. Lord, I'm feeling the pressure. God, I need you. So you need to first be honest. Because sometimes we fake. Like, I'm blessed. No, you're not blessed. You're freaking out. Be honest. I need help. God, I need help. And sometimes you need to pray with somebody else. If you're not coping, say, get a brother or a friend in Christ and say, hey, 
I need, I need prayer. But what do we often do? We isolate ourselves. We stay away from church because we're struggling. No. Run, let the pressure move you closer to Jesus. And then the pressure begins, becomes your biggest victory. Amen. So pressure catapults you into his presence. And then the next diagram. And then this is what happens. The mini, the mini, mini little dot there where you're like, it's only you in the presence of God. Open heavens on fire for Jesus, feeling his presence, feeling his love, feeling his joy, feeling his peace, which is wonderful. But now as you flourish, as you respond right under pressure, what happens is it grows. It, 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 this open heavens is no longer just you. Now it becomes it encapsulates your home or your work environment or those around you. And you start lighting the fire in other people's hearts. Suddenly you can help others. Hey, you're struggling, but come into my open heavens. Come into the presence of God. And you will know freedom. This is beautiful. But you need to live that Christ-centered life. I want to be in his presence. And how does this work? When you're like transitioning from the, from the edge, from the fringe to the center, how does it feel on that journey? Well, sometimes you feel nothing. You're not feeling peace. You're not feeling joy. You're feeling like you want to freak out. But I tell you, you know when you're at the center. Because suddenly you have peace, you have joy, and you have faith. And you're like, let's do this. It is incredible. And I have discovered when I take the pressure and I allow it to catapult me into the presence of God, then I get that crazy faith. I get that crazy look in my eyes. Let's do this. Sometimes I do meetings and I'm like, I don't know what happened there, but that was crazy. And then God shows up. Incredible miracles break out. Because supernatural faith. It's not me, it's God through me. And that's what God is calling us to. So you know, when you spend time with God, when you're doing devotions, you need to keep on pushing into his presence, worshiping, prayer, the word of God, until it opens. Until the peace comes. Until the joy comes. Okay, but what do we do? Ten minutes. Tick. Go to work. Freak out. No. What about a little bit more time? A little bit more time in the praise of God. A little bit more time in worship. A little bit more time in the word of God. And then you will find the shift that God wants to bring. So shut out the distractions and go into that prayer room. Go into that place where you can spend it with God. And then you're going to find beautiful things happen. Amen. Number three, Joshua 1 verse 5. Let's read Joshua 1 verse 5. Classic passage. Now the Lord speaks to Joshua and he says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You see, in Christ, every promise in the scriptures becomes ours. This is yours. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you. No army, no fortress, no city, fortified city. Everything you're seeing in the promised land, it won't be able to stand before you. It won't be able to come against you because I am with you. I am with you. 
I am with you. And I, and I realize, and this is key number three, when you stand in the, when you stand before God, no man can stand before you. When you stand in the presence of God, you will not buckle under the pressure of people. If you, if you spend a lot of time with say royalty, you will most probably not be intimidated by the average person. And if you spend time in the presence of the king of kings, I tell you, no man shall intimidate you. Amen? No man. There's something that happens when you dwell in his presence. He imparts an authority to you. He releases a confidence into your life. He sets you free from the enemy's schemes. And suddenly you can stand before man because Actually, you're standing before God and you know that he's with you. Amen. Come on. So you need to stand before the Lord. You need to stand in his presence. You need to live that Christ centered life. And I feel, I feel in the spirit, God is calling us to an adventure with him, but you need to follow. You need to face your fears because there's freedom on the other side of it. You need to take pressure and, and, and allow to catapult you, you into his presence. And then as you stand in his presence, guys, you have to do this yourself. You have to go into the prayer room. You have to. This is the only way. You have to spend time in his presence. And then he imparts to you all that you need. It will, it will, it will bless every facet of your life, your relationships, because you're suddenly going to be a nice person to live with as well. It changes you. It changes you. Amen. And then verse three, every place, come on, say every place, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I say to Moses. So in a New Testament context, what does this mean? This means God is saying, when you dwell in my presence, in that Christ-centered place, when you're cloud-centered and you are in his presence, you become an open heavens. In other words, no demonic block between heaven and earth. You're an open heavens. And then wherever you go, you carry the open heavens with you. In other words, you can shift the atmosphere. You can walk into your work environment, which is super negative, and complaining, everybody's negative, and then when, but because you walk in there, you suddenly shift the atmosphere. Because you're carrying an open heavens with you. Ah, but what are we, what do we do? What do we often do? We start to agree with the negatives. Ah, oh, my work environment's so negative. It's gonna kill me. Yep, it's gonna kill you, because you said it. It's gonna kill you. <laughs> you are allowing, you're becoming a victim, of the people around you who are negative. You allowing their atmosphere to influence yours. No. As believers in Christ, our daddy owns the universe. So you can go anywhere and say, hey, I'm shifting the atmosphere. I'm walking. As you walk into your office, as you walk into your work environment, as you walk into your home, you can take authority over that environment and say, this environment belongs to Jesus Christ. Only the will of God will be done here in the mighty name of Jesus. So, but you need to walk in your authority. 
But then before that, you need to be in his presence. You can't just storm out five minutes quickly like, okay, Lord, bless you. And then you go out into the world without the presence of God. Are you cloud-centered or are you crowd-centered? When you're crowd-centered, everything becomes tough. Everything becomes difficult. But I believe God is wanting us to flourish under the pressures of life. Every place where you walk, every place where you go, every place. So how does it work? If you lose your peace, go spend time with Jesus. Get a gap. Lunchtime, 20 minutes, boom, go walk. Speak to God. Take authority over this fear. I'm not going to be intimidated with my boss anymore. I'm going to treat him with respect. I'm going to honor him, but I'm not going to come under the fear of my boss. That kind of thing. No fear of man. So, 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 so you need to respond in those moments. You need to respond right. Otherwise, you're going to go see the doctor and you're going to say, I'm stressed. And they're going to say, here's a pill. And actually, what should be, what should you be using? The gospel. Amen. I know it's corny, eh? but I love it. Gospel. You need to use, receive the presence of God to help you. And so I want to encourage us this, this season. At the end of this term, we have an open heavens conference. And this is all about us encountering more of God and opening the heavens over our city. So in building up to it for six weeks, from the 16th of Feb, we're going to have prayer meetings around the city. Thursday afternoon, 5.30 to 6.30, six weeks in a row. We're going to all come together in different places across the city. One big group, six different places, six weeks. And I want to encourage you to join us for the prayer time. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And I want to encourage you, go walk in your community, claim the land. Pray for your neighbors. You have no idea what people are going through. There's a lot of pain in our city. You can shift it. Your prayers can make a difference. Your prayers can open the way for someone to discover Christ. So go walk. Go pray for your neighborhood. Go walk around your business. Pray for the business. Pray for that environment. Shift the negativity and the fear and the unbelief out of the atmosphere. And see God's kingdom come. Amen. Every place where you go, it's yours. Shift the atmosphere. But it begins with you. Starts with you. Okay, every place. Go for it. Then last one, Joshua 1 verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So now God speaks to Joshua and says, be strong. Be courageous. You see, you need to be strong and you need to have courage to follow Jesus. You need, to be, you need to be strong. And I was meditating on this. I'm like, but how do we become strong? And I realized joy. Nehemiah says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And this is one of my mottos for us as a church. If we're not having fun, something's wrong. Something's wrong. There needs to be joy. God is joyful. In his presence, we receive joy. And so we should be joyful. And then we receive strength. 
Man, it breaks my heart. How many pastors I've spoken to become disillusioned and offended with God, people, church, life. How many believers lose their way because they become offended or disillusioned? I tell you, when you are joyful, you cannot be disillusioned. When you are joyful, you have peace. You see, joy is a manifestation of mature faith. You know you have real faith, mature faith, when joy manifests in difficult circumstances. In difficult circumstances. So what is joy? Joy is a manifestation of faith in our hearts and in our emotions. How's your, how's your faith? Or oh, look at your joy. How's your faith? The, the, the heavenly joy that I'm speaking of is not just everything's wonderful and you have a nice laugh. This is a joy that there's pressure, there are challenges, but you're not allowing it to define you. You are tapping into heaven, a supernatural joy. You see, the more I have grown over the last 10 years in Christ, the more joyful I am. The pressure is more than ever. And I'm having more fun than ever. And sometimes I struggle, but then I go to the Lord, casting off those burdens until joy returns. Joy is a mature faith. Be strong. And of good courage. You see, childlike faith is a mature faith. Have you watched kids? They laugh a lot. And then what happens? We become old and boring and so negative. Oh, a country. Uh, What if we would have childlike faith? God, I thank you, Lord. That revivals are birthed in difficult environments. Challenging environments because then people cry out to God. I believe God is setting up our country. Thank you, ESCOM. For revival. For revival. But then we need to take back our joy. And we need to learn how to dwell in the presence of God. Cloud-centered, not crowd-centered. Refuse to lose your joy. And I've seen this. You know, there's a... A religious way of living, which is dead religion. And it gets offended when someone has great faith. How dare you? I've so offended people when I share stories of miracles because they don't believe God does miracles anymore. And they think, oh, you're so full of yourself. No, I'm trying to share what Jesus did. I know I can't do nothing, but it's so offensive to someone that doesn't understand how faith works. And if you really want to offend people, be happy. That is so offensive. How dare you be so happy? We should be repenting and groveling and feel terrible and goes all like we are worms and we, ah. That offends joy. Happy church. Sorry, guys, we're a happy church. We're a happy church. Why? Because God gives us joy. Doesn't mean we don't repent. We do repent. And we do deal with our stuff. And there are times that we do cry and we do weep before the Lord. But that can't be 80% of the time. It should be like the 20%. Amen? There's a joy that gives us strength. There's a joy that empowers us to follow the Lord, to follow the cloud. There's a joy that reveals that we have real faith. Amen? So Proverbs 17:22, It says, A merry heart... Does good like medicine. You know, sometimes you must just laugh a bit. 
But a broken spirit dries up bones. Oh my word, dries up bones. That's like, I'm already like, whoa, that's not fun. <laughs> a broken spirit's not good for you. You see, you need joy and you need hope and you need faith because that gives you strength. Okay, so to help you guys laugh a little bit, I saw this video clip last night and my wife has forced me to play it to you. I was like, no, we can't do it. And she was like, you have to. So I'm submitting. Don't believe anything I'm saying now. Um, I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, I saw this, so maybe you guys will enjoy it as well. Let's play the video clip. Star Wars Lego set Death Star. But can you chug a sparkling water and not burp? Ah, uh, No, go back, go back, go back, go back. Just draw it a little bit back on the thing. Try again. It might have the Star Wars Lego set Death Star. But can you chug a sparkling water and not burp? Can he chug... Sparkling water and not burp. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> he said... You might have the Star Wars Lego set Death Star. But can you down a sparkling water without burping? So he was so confident. I think we have to show that again. Show that again. You guys are missing. Let's see if it works. It might have the Star Wars Lego set Death Star. But can you chug a sparkling water and not burp? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> I was crying. I was crying last night. I had so much medicine flowing through my system, just laughing at this. I think I reduced my years with 10. I'm now like 35 years old after all the laughter last night. But anyway, that was for my wife. <laughs> But how's your faith? How's your joy levels? How's your joy levels? Because that determines, that reveals your faith. Having joy is being lighthearted, not heavy laden, anxious, worried about the future. A matured faith manifests as joy. Manifests as joy. And I know, I mean, the kingdom of God is serious business. But I tell you, the more joy we have, probably the more people will follow us to heaven. Amen? Being morbidly depressed and negative is not very enticing. So Proverbs 31, last verse, 31 verse 25. It says, she's clothed. This is the Proverbs 31 woman, all the ladies in the house. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs. At the days to come. It's come. <laughs> we laugh at the days to come. We laugh at the challenges. Because we know. I don't know how God's going to do it. But I know that he is with us. And I know he is able to. The economy can go wherever we are set apart. For the grace of God. He is able to provide for us. For you. So to summarize. The four keys. Key number one, face your fear and follow. 
If you want to follow the cloud, if you want to break free from the fear of man, if you want to be truly free, face your fear and follow. Number two, pressure catapults you into his presence. Let pressure move you to shut out the world and spend time with God. Pressure is your friend. Number three, stand before God. Set aside sufficient time that you may stand in his presence through worship, through prayer, through the word of God, so that no man can stand before you. No fear of man. And then lastly, contend for joy. Don't lose your joy. So you have to go into his presence. You cast off the burdens. You leave the big things to God. You focus on the small things. Love somebody. Spend time with God. Obey him. Amen. And then all of this can then be summarized in the next verse. Which I will unpack in another message. Verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8. This is like, if you didn't get anything I said. God is like telling Joshua, guys. Joshua, this is the key. It's all about the word of God. It says there, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. You will make it prosperous. And then you will have good success. So you need to speak the word of God. You need to meditate upon the word of God. You need to obey the word of God. You need to consume The word until it consumes you. And it's going to do all the other things we've just said. You're going to push through your fear. You're going to flourish under pressure. You're going to stand before the presence of God. And you're going to have joy. Amen. So get into the words. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.